Hey, it's Nudie in the Afternoons here on Vocalo Radio, Chicago's Urban Alternative. I'm so excited right now. I'm getting to chat with one of my favorite artists that we play. Uh, I was playing her song Far Away earlier in my show today. And so we have right now Jessie Reyes with us. Hey. Hello, hello. Hi. Okay, so two sold out shows here in Chicago. How are you feeling? Happy. I just ate some good food. I saw some <laughs> yesterday because I got people that I love that live here in Chicago too like outside of the city it's also the people from here that hold a special place in my heart so I'm just happy I'm in a great mood great day <laughs> I know so like I know um just a backstory you're just coming from sound check and so we're getting you in the middle of everything and I heard that your show last night which was Tuesday night uh I heard there were some tears in the audience I heard there was there was a lot of emotions People were feeling emotional, crying. Like, do you feed off that type of energy from your crowd? Feed off it. It's contagious. Because then, like, the tears were were a two-way street. Like, I was definitely started, I definitely started crying, especially at the end of the show. Because, like, I've, I've I spent a lot of time in Chicago. And it's very, uh, it's very beautiful to feel at home in a city that's not yours, where you've never lived in, but also to be able to have marks of progression so, like, deeply drawn in the line, oh, Lincoln Hall, and then shop, like, uh, what's it called, Subas? It's just, it's just insane. And a lot of the people, like, when I say that I have friends here and people that I've, that I've, that I owe a lot to that, like, helped me early in my career, come to these moments where like the first show might have been like 30 people that might have known and then the next 200 cap room and then the next show was six and then to have it double and now two nights sold out it's just it's just uh it's beautiful in and of itself to have happened i'm in awe but it's also really beautiful to be able to share it with people you know i love that you say that i love when artists come to a venue and they told you they're like three years ago there was 30 people in here okay <laughs> You know, and you're like, now y'all are all over each other, all upon each other because it's packed in here. So I love I love hearing stories like that. And it's so funny because I was, you know, earlier this week, I was watching your Tiny Desk concert. We are a part of NPR. And like, I believe you started off with Mood, right? You start that was the first song you performed in the in the Tiny Desk. Mm -hmm. And I started, I don't know, my hormones were hormoning something. I started tearing up <laughs> and my intern came in the office and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, mind your business. Okay. I no, I'm not okay. But <laughs> I was like, I was like, I know we're inside. I don't know, allergies, something in the wind. I was like, you know, it was so, you know, you sing with so much emotion. So when I, I wasn't shocked when I heard that people were getting emotional at your shows, you know, especially this album. Yesi, it is, you seem so raw and open with, you know, like so many things, like, especially I feel like, you know, heartbreak and things like that. Are those difficult to write about? Is it like, do you feel like you're kind of naked a little bit when you're being so open and honest? Mm, I feel like I've been consistent with how I talk about my truth and how I talk about what I've been through from since like my first project. I don't think that's changed very much. But what I think changed is that Ironically, now I feel more open when it comes to, for lack of a better word, like the positive side of love and standing in joy still make you cry and can still just like, you know, pull at your heartstrings just for different reasons. But before, I don't think I was very, I wasn't a very present person and I'd ruminate a lot, whether it be like, whether if it was on, on, on ruminating on the past, 
being worried about the future, messing up being present and just living my life now. So I feel like because I've done that, it's almost like I'm not as identified with my pain as I used to be. And before I'd be vulnerable, heartbreak, and I'd be vulnerable with that. And eventually it became comfortable to be vulnerable there because I was so identified with it. When I feel like, like I'm still healing, but I feel like I'm in a much better place. And when I made that shift into becoming more present, I was given the opportunity to be more vulnerable outside of that space and more vulnerable with openness and just not as much sadness and not as much heartbreak and also taking more risks when it comes to my intuition. If I wanted an 11 song album and someone wanted 18, it was just a hard no. If someone really thought that this song needed more production and it was a hard no from my gut, then it was a hard no. And just things like that, I feel like I've grown into more. But the vulnerability, I think, has just been a constant from the beginning. It's just a different kind of vulnerability now. I know you said before that the studio is pure and the stage is where you're present, right? Something something like that. And I, I did have a question because I think I went to um, a Summer Walker show. I don't know if you if you uh, listen to Summer and yeah any summer songs like on stage she's like I know y'all want to hear some of these songs but like they hurt me to perform did you do you ever feel that way with your songs mm-hmm. yeah well you know what's nice is getting to the point where they don't hurt anymore that's what's nice it sucks when it hurts but my god is it does it ever feel vindicating like you you feel like but you just feel like you've just been able to like climb a mountain finally like something doesn't hurt it's just so lit so it's such a such a nice place to be in and on the other side of what's wild is that when they hurt but you've been able to see some success that means that people are singing it back to you that's a whole other beast because then even if it hurts inside so bad and you're on the verge of tears and you're trying to keep your throat relaxed so that your vocal cords don't start to constrict and fuck up your melody and you're just a mess. It just hurts and you're trying not to cry. And then all of a sudden, all this pain is immediately contrasted with what's on the outside and it's these beautiful people singing back to smiles on their faces. So present, so, so, just so much love in the room and so much support. And so having that, it's like a, it's like just this glass and having both truths exist at the same time so loudly and so potently is just is a cosmic joke and a cosmic blessing and just a wild experience because then you end up opening your end up crying but you're crying for two reasons at once you know mm. yeah like I, what feel- I said <laughs> <laughs> no I was gonna say I feel like this is definitely like for everyone listening this is some like this is some like 30 plus wisdom and I love listening to artists in their 30s because you've lived you've gone through some stuff like when you you you've gone through the valleys the peaks the ups and downs like you're you've kind of made it and you're like really mature and so you could speak about things like differently you know and I feel like your perspective changes because you've been through so much more than I'm sure you look back at your work when you, when you were in your mid-20s or early 20s mm-hmm. and you're like wow like I've been through so much more stuff since then yeah it's crazy it's crazy it also helps to have friends that are like outside of songs like songs and friends almost it, like one in the same because sometimes the friend will tell you something about yourself that you didn't know the same way a song will tell you something about yourself that you didn't know you know it'd be a life hack if we could learn from other people's mistakes but those who, what's the saying? Those who hear must feel. Sometimes you got to go through it to learn it. Yeah, a lot of us don't listen. <laughs> like, when people give us advice, we're like, okay, I, it's not that I don't believe you, but I just need to get hurt on my own. I need mm-hmm. to find out, I need to find out the hard way on my own. So, of course, your your new album, Yesy, I feel like, especially during 
you know, um, Hispanic Heritage Month and things like that. Like, I feel like everyone wrote about you. Everyone was writing about this album. Everyone's talking about like possible, you know, Grammy talk there's, go there's going on. And you've been, you've been nominated for a Grammy before. Like, would it mean a lot to you to get an award like that? Like, what is exactly, you know, because you seem so chill. You seem like, oh, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, like, it's all good. No, I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna win. Okay. Are a little are a little different, but my I want to win, and I want to win more. So just the there's a list of goals that I have, and honestly, I used to smoke a lot of weed a long time ago, and I had a friend trying to join me at the time, and he was like, he was also born a Christian at the same moment, and he had made a decision that he was going to sacrifice no weed, no drinking no sex, no, he just going to abstain from a lot and do that until he, and I was like, well, oh, that's so inspiring. Like, I just, he inspired me. And I was like, that's what I thought about it. And I was like, well, if music means so much to you, then maybe you can use that. And so I spoke to God and I, and I made a deal with this guy and I said, I'm not going to smoke weed until I hear my song on the radio. That year, and it wasn't even like a, like as an artist, you understand everything that's behind you or you, you're in the industry, like there's, there's marketing you have to like service the song to radio you have to service it to dsps like there's all but at the time and this is like damn near this is a long time ago at the time i was bartending and i had no management no label no nothing barely any music out i was busking on the street was my extent of like doing live shows and like open mics and i had met this uh this dj at the bar that i worked at and this dj also went live to air and so we ended up linking and we made music at the studio and one day he put my song on the radio and that was within the year of me making that it was God, that sacrifice and so then I spoke to God again and I was like Lord thank you thank you I was like I'm not gonna smoke weed until I book my first show next year I booked my first show I'm not gonna smoke weed until I sell out my show the next year I sold out my first show so that kept going till it sold out to her and then finally I was like well what can I do that's like the something that that sits like the epitome and at the time at the time it was Grammy for me so I was like, all right, I'm not going to smoke again until I win a Grammy. So it's been a few years. <laughs> so for me, I don't think I'm ever going to become like a full-fledged stoner again because it's just not where my head's at and it's just not where my head's at. But to smoke a little personal joint again will be great. Just Are you going to do it you know, like at the Grammys, like in the in the Grammy bathroom? Like you're just like, this is for me. <laughs> And I did like, you know, you, I've, I've read that you, you know, you've talked about your parents so much and that they listened to like cumbia and salsa. Like when you were growing up, did you appreciate that music? Cause I feel like for me growing up, like my grandma would bump Aventura when she was dropping me off at school. And I'm like, yo, can we just like, can we just turn this down a little? And then now I bump it for myself, you know? So I feel like as you get older, you embrace certain things. Was that the same for you? Or have you always embraced like the music that your parents played? I always loved it. I was a little five-year-old singing songs around all my older cousins. And they'd be like, how the fuck? I'd just be singing these old ass songs. Like, <laughs> that song's damn near 200 years old. That song's old as hell. And I just remember my <laughs> And I just loved it. I loved it. I've always gravitated towards old school music, though. Like, even to this day, like, I just, I go, I love, I love old school music. And um, and I always appreciated it. What I didn't appreciate was the food. 
I was a little shithead. Like, I can't believe that I had the audacity to be like, no quiero sancocho, or no quiero, no quiero arroz de leche, or no quiero empan. Like, to, to even think that I once felt that because you wanted McDonald's because you were so damn brainwashed, <laughs> thinking that was really good and it's Western. No, but like North American alternative to like a oh, nice home cooked Colombian meal. That's what I came to appreciate when I was older to be like, well, my mom's cooking is a 10 out of 10. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> and you know I loved again this is like I feel like this is like a 30 plus thing like as you get older you you appreciate your parents and like I actually just had this conversation where I was like I actually have my dad do the number I'm like how much would it take to retire you guys and he's like he's he gave me like six to eight grand he's like I literally sat down with him and he like got out a calculator and started calculating stuff because I like I eventually do want to retire them soon you know and but Oh, you know, and, and so when I heard that you retired your parents, I thought it was so funny because you said that they were low key still trying to work behind your back, like they were, yeah, they were against it. Crazy <laughs> that my parent, no, my parents are ready. Like they're, they're like, say less, say when, and <laughs> we will quit on the spot. Like they're they are so ready. They're not. <laughs> congratulations in advance oh thank you thank how did like how did that feel to be able to do that for them happy but still not enough happy but still not enough because I was a dick I was very different when I was younger like, I'm sure everybody like everybody is but me and my parents like it was a turbulent turbulent time and just a lot of drama very turbulent time and I had my head up my ass my maturity level was like drastic and when I got through my first depression and I got my head up out of the fucking sand and looked around, they were the only people there. So I think that that's the first time, like it was around 1920s when I was finally like, oh God, these these are your riders. Like this is treating them like shit and it's unconditional. And what's even crazier is that the more I've lived, the more I've realized that that's not even close to the norm. So many people don't even have damn near, so many people don't have two, much less one that like, shows unconditional love you know what I mean so I just I'm aware of how lucky I am and I wasn't aware then it took me a long time so I feel happy that I've been able to do it but I still very much feel like I don't know like I still if I drink too much I'll start apologizing to my mom for shit I did 20 like that (laughs) oh that's so funny and like you know, it's so funny, like, because I feel like parents, they, they naturally forgive you, you know, for like, they, they're just so like, especially good parents are so loving and so forgiving. Um, yeah. So like, do your parents like, do they listen to your music? Like, do they come to your shows? Like, yeah, they're on tour right now. They're on, they're up in the green room right now. I'm on the tour bus and they're in the green room. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, And so, you know, your your second show is tonight here, you know, the House of Blues sold out. So like, what, what are some of your rituals before you go on? Do you need your, I know some people need their alone time. They're like, okay, I need like, you know, I need five minutes to myself just in a room. Like, how do you prepare yourself to go and receive that much energy from a crowd? A drink? Oh like a bucket of water all day and I I do a lot of warm-ups and I don't have well, I try not to have anything fried or anything dairy for the sake of my vocal cords before the show after the show I will not but before the show it's very regimented and um and I pray and then we do a team prayer and then I do a prayer by myself and then I hit the stage oh I love that and so any like post what's your favorite post-show meal wings, wings. chicken wings <laughs> 
Oh, I love that. You know, you need to you need to have a Chicago hot dog though before you leave. I do. I do have a hot dog before I leave. You're absolutely right. I will. I will recommend Wiener's Circle. Wiener's Circle. Will, yeah. You if you can stop by Wiener's Circle, you hook up the fam. Every, it's real good. It's real good. Thank you. No problem. Well, thank you so much. And I do have one last line I wanted to uh, thank you for when I listened to your album. It was, uh, waist is getting slimmer, but I don't think my ass is. And I was just like, sing it, Jesse, Sing it. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's, like my, that's like a mantra right there. Let's go. <laughs> Power of the tongue. <laughs> Oh, awesome well thank you so much for being with us and i hope you kill it tonight thank you so much bye have a good night you too bye